Good morning, faithful listener. You are listening to the Bible Explained podcast, where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and stay tuned as we read through the book of Luke. Hey, faithful listener, thanks for tuning into the Bible Explained podcast, where the Bible gets explained. And so since today is Thursday, we're going to be talking about an episode out of Luke. So make sure to grab that cup of coffee. I don't know if you guys saw my Facebook page, but I actually shared with you an article from uh, Healthline, I think it was, that now says that coffee is actually good for you. (laughs) I remember when I was growing up, like in high school, they were always like, coffee's terrible for you. Don't drink coffee, blah, 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 blah. And like they would ban coffee. And, and honestly, probably for high school students, it's probably not very good for you. But I remember going into college and they kept saying the same thing. Coffee is so bad for you, so bad for you. And I continued to drink it. And off and on throughout the years, I've, I've been off and on with coffee. So it was kind of funny when my mom the other day was like, Yeah, they're saying now that coffee is actually good for you. So I had to look it up myself because, I mean, my logo for the Bible Explained podcast is a coffee cup. I mean, (laughs) clearly I very much like coffee and I encourage you guys now to like coffee as well because it's really good for you. In fact, the uh, article says that it'll help you live longer. I don't know how much I agree with that particularly, but... (laughs) I'm sure there are some benefits to drinking just plain coffee without too much sugar in it. Okay, so let's go ahead and talk about Luke chapter 11, verses 1 through 13. This is an extremely famous portion of scripture. One of the most famous, this is the Lord's Prayer. I'm going to be reading out of the NLT version this morning. Once Jesus was in a certain place praying, as he finished, one of his disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. Jesus said, this is how you should pray. Father, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. Give us each day the food we need and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation. Then teaching them more about prayer, he used this story. Suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight wanting to borrow three loaves of bread. You say to him, a friend of mine just arrived for a visit and I have nothing for him to eat. And suppose he calls out from his bedroom, don't bother me, the door is locked for the night and my family and I are all in bed, I can't help you, though he won't do it for friendship's sake. If you keep knocking long enough, he will get up and give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence. And so I tell you, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. You fathers, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? Or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So this is all about the power of prayer. So it starts out by talking about Jesus' prayer life in verse 1. He was in a certain place praying. And fun fact about the disciples, it's actually never recorded in scripture that the disciples ever prayed with Jesus. I think other than the Last Supper, when Jesus was praying uh, with his disciples then. But when they're out and about, it actually never states that the disciples prayed with Jesus, which is kind of interesting. But they were watching Jesus as Jesus was praying. 
And obviously, Jesus, who had a personal relationship with his heavenly father, knew how to pray better than any other human being on the planet because Jesus was God and knew exactly how to pray. But his disciples were watching Jesus, seeing Jesus with this very active and intense prayer life, and they want a little bit of that. So once Jesus finishes praying, the disciples who are watching him, one of them comes up to him. We don't know which one, but one of the disciples came up to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. So a lot of people have have made the statement that because this disciple says, teach us to pray, this disciple is asking Jesus to actually teach him to pray, not how to pray. I don't know how much I agree with that, but um, either way, this disciple clearly wants a change in his prayer life, whether he wants to learn how to actually pray to God or he wants to just learn to pray more often. He just wants a more active prayer life, the one that Jesus has and the one that John the Baptist taught his disciples how to do. So this disciple was asking Jesus for something that Jesus, of course, was going to grant. So Jesus gives this model of a prayer that we should pray and all of his disciples should pray and everybody on earth should pray. He says, this is how you should pray. Father, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. Give us each day the food we need and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sinned against us. And don't let us yield to temptation. So that's the Lord's Prayer. That's a very famous prayer. Usually we know it in the King James Version, which says, um, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. That is the very famous prayer that you guys also probably know or have heard at least before. But in the NLT version, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to do the NLT today instead of the WEB. I just liked the way the NLT worded the Lord's Prayer. The one thing about the Lord's Prayer that I think a lot of people miss is the fact that this is a example of a good prayer. It's not the prayer necessarily that we should be praying every single time. It's just an example of a fantastic prayer that Jesus gives us. But we can customize it to our own. <laughs> like we can definitely customize this prayer and keep this as the model of prayer in our lives. But it's a very simple prayer that anybody can understand. Father, may your name be kept holy. First and foremost, give praise to God. Give praise to the one you're talking to. May your kingdom come soon. Come soon, Father, and deliver us from, you know, this, this world that we have corrupted. Give us each day the food we need. God, we need we need sustenance. Please give it to us and forgive us our sins. Very important, obviously. That one doesn't need any explanation. <laughs> and as we forgive those who sin against us. So that that's something we talked about actually way back in Matthew chapter six, that we are supposed to forgive other people. And if we forgive other people, God, the father will forgive us our sins as well. So we are supposed to forgive. And Jesus models this in the prayer. And obviously, if we're praying this sincerely to God and we truly want to forgive somebody who has hurt us in some way, even if they purposefully hurt us, God's going to grant that. Even if maybe, and this has been a prayer I've prayed before, God, help me forgive that horrible person over there. 
<laughs> I've definitely prayed something like that before. I know I have. I've done that regularly, actually. And even though you're not praying it exactly with the right heart, there is still something to saying the prayer. And eventually, I believe that the more you say it, the more eventually your heart will be softened and you will begin to actually forgive the people who hurt you. So, yeah, we do need to pray that. We need to pray that we uh, that God helps us forgive the people who have hurt us in our lives. And then the last one, don't let us yield to temptation. And there's a footnote here that says, or keep us from being tested. And there's a verse that's popping into my head about how God always gives us a way out when we are being tempted. So Satan obviously is the one who tempts us to do stuff that is contrary to God's word, whatever that might be. And often I believe also our own sin, like our own desires and our own flesh, I guess, also makes us want to do those things that are contrary to God, not just Satan. But we have a way out. God will always help us out if we want to be out. So say we have an addiction. We are not powerless with that addiction. We can control it. And God tells us that there's always a way out of temptation. We just have to seek it and want it and ask God to help us with it. But there is always a way out of temptation. And that's what this prayer is asking. Help us in those moments when we are weak. Help us be strong. So then in verse five, it says that Jesus taught them more about prayer by using this story. So here's what Jesus says. Say this friend arrived at your house very hungry and very tired late at night, at midnight. You have a neighbor next door who has three loaves of bread sitting on his kitchen counter, but you don't have any because you didn't go grocery shopping for that day. And knowing me, this is exactly what would happen. My friend would arrive and I'd have literally nothing to feed her because I I barely ever go grocery shopping myself. But I know that my neighbor has bread because I smelled it cooking. You know, I smelled it wafting into my window. So at midnight, I go and pound on my neighbor's door and I'm just like, please open up and give me your bread because my best friend just arrived and she's starving and she needs something to eat before she goes goes to bed. Well, the neighbor is going to be like, no, screw you. I am exhausted and I want to go to sleep. (laughs) Obviously, I would do the same thing. I'd be like, what nerve for you asking for my bread? Go get your own bread. But if that neighbor kept knocking at the door over and over and over and not allowing them to sleep, Jesus says, eventually he will get up and give you what you need because of your shameless persistence. (laughs) (laughs) And that's true. That's very true. If somebody I knew was just continuing to knock on my door over and over and over and like, please, please, please give me your food. I'm starving. My friend is starving. We need this food. Please give it to us. Eventually, just to shut them up, I would go and give them the food. I would be irritated, (laughs) possibly afterward, but I would give them the food. But Jesus is like painting this picture in our heads of how prayer works. Obviously, God is not going to necessarily be irritated with us for praying for something that we need. But it's the same way. If we continually pray to God, there's actually something to continual prayer. It has great power because God will hear those prayers and will grant them. And these are different kind of prayers. These are like persistent, uh, 
pounding on God's door prayers, persistence. A lot of times when we pray, I don't know if this is true for you guys as well, but for me it is. I'm always like, oh, God, help me do this one thing correctly today. Or I really want to, you know, make this red light. I'm not even joking. Like, I really do say prayers like that. I often do. And sometimes God grants them and sometimes he doesn't. But these are different kinds of prayers. The kind of prayer that Jesus is talking about here is the kind of prayer that he's talking about in verses 9 through 10. And so I tell you, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, everyone who seeks finds, and to everyone who knocks the door will be opened. So these aren't just like tiny little wish prayers that we like float up to God. This is persistence possibly months, possibly years of praying and praying and praying and praying. And it has to be in line with God's will as well. And I believe that many times when we do pray those prayers of just deep heartfelt knocking at God's door for something, a lot of times those are within God's will, I will say. Because I think that we lose the desire sometimes for things that aren't necessarily in God's will, because as he's constantly working on our hearts and as we're constantly praying more and more often, as Jesus tells us, we're going to become more in line with God's will. But it says that if we're seeking, like say we're seeking for answers, Jesus says that if we're praying and seeking for those answers, God will give them to us. And same for many other prayers. If we're asking for something and if it's in line with God's will, then he's going to grant it to us. I mean, I have an, a personal example of that. In 2019, when I was going through my year at the factory and working there, it was the most miserable job I had ever had in my life. And there were many other things going on that year that were miserable as well, just like all piled up together. It was just a very, very, very bad year for me. But I was praying all year, God, get me out of this job. God, get me out of this job. It was like almost constant because I was working there full time. And every minute I was there, I was praying, God, get me out of this job. Not every minute, but it was pretty close to, I would guess every hour, the second something bad happened, which was really often or something miserable happened, I'd be like, God, get me out of this job, please. And this happened for a whole year and two months to the day. I know how long I was in that job. It was to the day, like a year and two months to the day that I was just constantly praying, God, get me out, get me out, get me out, please. That was a persistent prayer that I had been doing for a year and two months. And I I have to admit, like my faith wasn't very good back in those days either. So when I was first doing those prayers, a lot of times they were very angry prayers at God. Like, how could you, God? Like, how could you put me here, you know, in, in this location, in this place? How could you do this to me? And a lot of the times it was prayers like that. But eventually, as I continued to like question God, and seek God, like truly seek him, because I wasn't really seeking him before that, truly seek him and try to find answers. That was when my faith in God really started to grow. And at that point, that was when God finally answered that prayer. When I had gone through that growth period that I really, really needed and the time couldn't see, I couldn't see it at all. I didn't know that I needed that. I didn't want to admit that I needed that, but I needed it. And once all of that was over, 
God answered my prayer. So it does have to be in line with God's will. And if I wouldn't have gone through that growth period in that year, perhaps I would still be at that factory. And eventually God would answer my prayer. But that's the thing. It has to be in line with God's will. It was eventually in line with God's will for him to grant that request that I was asking and get me out of that job. But it took some time because there were other things at play. There were other things that needed to happen first in my own life before God could give me the job that I desperately wanted. And even from the factory, it wasn't immediate because <laughs> I went and worked at the school first and I hated that job actually just as much, but in a very different way. And uh, that's a story for a different day though. But even then I was also praying like, God, why did you move me from one terrible job to the next? Why'd you move me? Like, what was the point? I could just stay at the factory. <laughs> so a lot of those prayers were happening when I was at the school. But eventually God in his perfect timing, moved me. And yes, it was my shameless persistence, I believe. And if I would have remained complacent at that factory and never asked, I'd honestly, I'd still be there. I know I would to this day. But it was a mixture of growth and being in line with God's will and my persistence in that prayer, I believe, that eventually made God move me into a job that I really, really enjoy. So yes, in my own life, I have seen this at work. I have seen it at work where God really does listen to prayers, but it does take time because God has to do it in the perfect amount set of time. Like he just, he has to, because that's how God works. Even though it's miserable for us at the time, there's something else at play that we can't see and we won't be able to see it until after it's done. Similar to these disciples with Jesus. They couldn't see how Jesus needed to die. They couldn't see it. And it wasn't until afterward, after all that, that they understood and saw how Jesus was working and why things played out the way they did. So yes, it does take time. And what Jesus is talking about here is just these persistent prayers that we have to give to God and not give up on. Because if we eventually give up on them, our prayers may never be granted the ones that we are asking for. And that is something that uh, that James talks about. James talks about how, you know, we aren't receiving because we aren't asking for, for whatever we need. We aren't receiving because we aren't asking. And that's the same thing. We have to do these persistent prayers, have a continual prayer life with God because when we ask, we will receive. But we have to continue to ask. We have to continue to pound on heaven's door, I suppose, and ask for what we need. All right. So my challenge for you guys today is just to have a better prayer life, like move towards that direction. And that is something that I'm actively trying to move towards. I'm trying to pray more often, trying to um, keep a prayer journal. So if you guys have any prayer requests, I would love for you to contact me and send me some of your prayer requests because then I can practice praying more often. And I would love to do that. So if you guys have any prayer requests, please send them over at p40ministries.com slash contact and I'll write you down in my prayer journal. But for you guys, just try, try really hard to pray a little bit more often this week, especially if you aren't a very good prayer like me. So yeah, that's something I think we can all work on moving forward. But you know what, guys? Join me tomorrow for an episode out of 
uh, Numbers. I almost said Leviticus, but we are out of Leviticus now and we are in Numbers. So join me for an episode out of Numbers. And uh, that'll be Numbers chapter 5. But guys, have a fantastic rest of your day. Happy listening and God bless. Oh,